Welcome everybody to uh, this new episode of the Space Duplex Podcast. This is episode 39, and I am Matt, and I welcome, as always, with me, my co-host, Mike. How you doing? Good. Good. That's all I gotta say, huh? That's all I gotta say. You sure you don't have anything to say, like uh, your name's secretly X or something? Um, no. Nope. Nope, nothing. I'm not, yeah. I'm not X, no. No, you're not. You're not X. No. no, that's a shame. I like X. Well, maybe you can uh, legally change your name to X. Nah, that's okay. Oh, okay. You don't like it that much. I guess not. All right. <laughs> All right. In this episode, we'll be uh, covering five events to an extent, some more than others. <laughs> <sighs> Referring to a pre-recording a little argument we had about whether we should cover one or the other. Anyways, uh, we'll be covering uh, King of Pro Wrestling 2018, uh, Fighting Spirit Unleashed from the week before, Hell in a Cell 2018, All In, and TLC 2012. I say it'll go in chronological order of release, Matt. Okay, let's do that. We release... Our first one back in 2012. <laughs> That's right. This, this was a DVD I had from the event at the time. And it's pretty much a one-match show. And Mike would know here because he watched the whole thing with me. We just randomly put it on. Mm-hmm. I This is after, ever since the event, I've pretty much regaled him every so often about the said match on the show. If people remember the show, they know exactly what match it is. And it is the Shield taking on Ryback and Kane and Daniel Bryan. Um, you mean Team Hell No? Team Hell No. Most people don't remember that name, I'm sure, so that's why I don't say it. <laughs> but go ahead, uh, remember if you want. So, anyways, uh, we'll start off with a different team: Team Rogue Scholars. Cody Rhodes is back when he had nothing fun to do, and he was with Damian Sandow against. Rey Mysterio and Sin Cara for the number one contenders to the W Tag Team Championship instead of the actual Tag Team Championship. Yeah, heaven, for, heaven forbid you have the actual defense on the, the card for your pay-per-view. Yes, which we confirmed did not happen. That's right. <laughs> so anyways, uh, in this match, it was decent, but mostly just kind of non, non-consequential bullshit. Uh not all that fun to watch, but it gets worse, I guess. <laughs> I can't really uh, disagree with you there. Yeah, because we were watching that match and going, eh, it's not that great. It's pretty bad, but then it got worse. So we'll go on to worse. Um, uh, Cesaro then defeated R-Truth uh, for the United States Championship. This was... Uh, Cesaro being the actual champion. This is back when he had a first name. And Mike was surprised by this, I think. Yes. I was like, who's Antonio Cesaro? No, I didn't say that, but... <laughs> no. No, he was, uh, he, he was trying to be a heel against our truth and it came off pretty bad. It's uh, It was not very good. This, this is, of course, uh, I think within the first year of him being in the company, so... He hadn't quite uh, caught on to how to deliver being a heel, I guess. I don't know. 
but it 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 was pretty bad. I didn't I didn't like it at all, and the match was pretty bad in and of itself, especially knowing what he can do these days, especially in his tag team as of late. So, anyways, uh, moving on. To, that was mercifully short, at least. Yes, it was. <laughs> Another slightly longer but still short match was uh, Kofi Kingston uh, defeating Wade Barrett to retain his Intercontinental Championship. Uh, this one was quite a bit better, but this is also another person in in that Wade Barrett had recently debuted. So after being on that shitty version of NXT, the contest version, the uh, let's run around and do some stupid mini games, like we're fucking like DS touchscreen uh, video game. <laughs> My favorite kind of video game, Matt. How no, dare no, you? Not. No, you don't like that. So be quiet. Anyways. Kofi Kingston and his singles match days, I assume. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, he's always been pretty good, so it's not like it's a it was the worst thing ever. But it was again, it was kind of nonchalant, kind of just in, your eyes can you can miss it if you want. So now I would talk about the next match, which is the one you came for, but we're gonna skip over that real quick because the rest of it kind of was like eh, whatever too. So. Because it all led up to the to the Shield versus Ryback and Team Hell No, um, and we'll we'll touch on that real quick at the end here. But but then after that, you're kind of like, Ugh, when's this show ever going to end? After that, because right after that match was Eve Torres and the Butterfly Championship Divas Belt, uh, <laughs> where she defended and defeated Naomi, who was also really bad at this time. I mean, I know. Mike, you think that she still sucks, uh, but Mostly, yes. at least she has more. At least she has more of a character than she did back then. So I guess that's a plus. And of course, this way. was this was a legitimate match where I was like, "Who is Eve Torres?" <laughs> right. Well, to be honest, I couldn't explain her to you because her character is even less defined. So there you go. She's a woman with a belt. There you go. That's oh she wow, she's a woman wrestler. Mm, that's yeah. that's real defining of a character. Yep. Unlike all those other women wrestlers on the card. Like the ones you faced, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, There was also a chairs match for the World Championship. Uh, Big Show defeating Sheamus to retain. In fact, uh, all the title holders retained. Anyways, um, this was only notable because I remember for Big Show pulling out under the ring a big chair. Uh, gargantuan steel folding chair instead of the regular size. Yeah. Really outside bizarre. of that, it, yeah, outside, it was funny for that reason alone, but outside of that, it wasn't much to note. I mean, it's a big it's, show match. Where do you want are you going to get out of it? Well, no. A comically large chair, I guess. I guess. It was definitely comical. Out of the whole show overall, though, it was definitely one of the higher, uh, I guess, better matches. Not saying much, I guess. No. Um, <laughs> then they had, they had a six-man match. Uh, this one's notable for it being set up on the show instead of they had this long 20, I feel like it was like 15, 20 minutes of this missed TV segment for no reason. And it was literally just to set up uh, Alberto Del Rio, the Brooklyn Brawler, in the Miz taking on 3MB. Yes, this is back when Heath Slater was teamed with Jinder Mahal and Drew McIntyre. They are not the same... As you remember them today, uh, quite a bit of an understatement as far as it goes to be boring, to say the least. Yeah, I, I, I just, I'm always fascinated. The try hard 
I'm always group fascinated. is what I would call. Yeah, I would. I I'm always fascinated by 3MB uh, because the the leader ostensibly is still just as low on the card as he ever was back then, but yep. the other two guys have been world champion <laughs> in their respective yes. places that they've done it in in WWE. It's just pretty funny <laughs> to me. Yeah, who would have thought? Uh, the main event had Dolph Ziggler retaining his uh, Money Bank contract uh, in a ladder match, defeating John Cena. That one was pretty good, too, but, uh, you know, if you don't like Cena, you don't like that match, probably, but whatever. And um, so the match you came to the show for was the Shield versus Ryback and Team El No. They did, this was a table ladder chairs match, and it was all over the fucking place, and uh, you ended up liking it so much. What did you give it, Mike? Five stars. That's pretty crazy. So we got five star right back here. Instead of five star Lars, we got five star right back. I suppose, yeah. That's what you <laughs> want to go with. I'm only doing that because, you know, Lars, likely, Lars Sullivan's likely not to have many five star matches on his own. And Case B being for right back here as well, most likely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's what, that, was, that was the reason I, you know, because they both kind of play the brutes. Of respective matches. Um, but yeah, this was just a crazy spot to crazy spot. Uh, and um, the the fall the, at near the end of the match that they went to their entranceway that was it Seth Rollins, I believe, took mm-hmm. um, after being pulled down by Ryback onto a stack of chair of tables, I mean. And the way he hit his head on a, one of the uh, tables that did not actually break was quite this quite the uh, surprising he didn't like it wasn't I don't think he was out with an injury for it so it was quite surprising yeah that's crazy crazy spots all over the place but hey you do the work you get my stars that's, you know, that's how it is that's right as a weight belt certain certain persons these days says Oh, do the work. Do the work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Cody with his weight belt. Um, but not in this show. <laughs> That's today's stuff. Speaking of today, let's just warp into today. Uh, we'll go with uh, All In. This was back on September 1st. And uh, what did you think overall about All In, Mike? I thought it was a pretty decent, good event. I didn't like it as much as maybe some other people, but I thought it was very solid. Um, I guess, uh, I don't know. I don't know what people saw in certain matches, like especially the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship match. I thought that was... I agree with that, because one of the uh, things that, like, say, John Pollock from... Uh, post-wrestling, he was praising that, probably his favorite match. Now, I understand they this this bout pretty much had it all. It had the style of wrestling. That, it had the, the goofy wrestling in Joey Janela and Heyman Page, which also gave you a crazy spot and a hardcore match to boot. But you also had the more slowed-down, old-school style of wrestling like Cody and Nick Aldis did, which I thought really was kind of a bit too sluggish for me. And while it it did have its big the big feeling of a big match, and that did help it to an extent, what I didn't like was how long uh, he was under that. It was like he was 
Cody was, I guess, trying the blade, but didn't do it. Or I don't know what the fuck was going on. But he was under this uh, table with this, you know, table cover on it. And then Danos Page came out, and then they had this whole thing where then Sean Devari comes out, and then they get in the ring, and he gets a diamond cutter. And I feel like it was all just uh, hopefully he can play, because they acted like he got cut on a move uh, from uh, Aldis, but it actually didn't, because initially when Page comes out, you see him look... You see him clearly, his face clearly on camera, and he's not bladed yet. And then he goes back under to do it after they mess around in the ring, Paige and Davari. So I just thought that that was, that kind of screwed it up for me. So That wasn't my problem at all. I just, uh, just thought it was an okay match. It was fine. I didn't think the world of it. I think the world of it. <laughs> the world of it. That's hilarious. Good job. I also uh, thought the. I also thought I actually thought the the weak one of the weakest matches was actually the Janela Page match. I don't know why. Oh really? I didn't really get into it. Just I know a lot of people thought it was like oh super hardcore blah. I'm like eh yeah sort of not really. I don't know. <laughs> I wasn't really into that one either. My my favorite matches were pro- were like the last three. On the yeah, I agree. I agree with that because, uh, I mean, I did enjoy the four corners match with the women. Uh, oh, that was really good too. Yeah, yeah. I I liked. Uh, I really got it. I I was intrigued by the by Britt Baker because she came out call. They were calling her Doctor Britt Baker DMD, and I was always like, "What's DMD stand for?" Because that sounds funny. <laughs> I didn't understand what's going on there, but it was great. Um, Madison Rain was in this match. I knew her from Impact Wrestling, and uh, she had recently been on. She was on the first episode of the uh, May Young Challenge as Ashley Rain, but otherwise same person, obviously. Uh, I also liked uh, the hot mess Chelsea Green. That she was great. she was one of the best ones in the match. Yeah, yeah, I liked. I've never a lot. seen her before, so I thought that was not awesome. And it's funny that the winner of the match, Tessa Blanchard, was the one talked of the most just because of her father being Tully Blanchard. I was less interested in her just because she didn't have much going for her as far as like of, you know, seeing her one of the first few times. I, I think I'd seen her before, but, it, you know, it's just very occasional has it been. So, uh, you know, the things that stuck out were the people that were doing more of characters instead. I actually liked her better in uh, last year's Mayan Classic. Oh, that's right. She was in that, wasn't she? Yep. Okay. Yes, uh, then we have also had um, uh, Kenny Omega versus Pentel Zero. Uh, I thought that was a really good match. Probably the favorite of the night on yeah, that one. Yeah, I would, I would say that might be one of my favorites, but, you know, it's Kenny Omega, so of course I'll say that. Um, <laughs> but uh, that it, it was either that one for me or it was, uh, was the main event, even, if it, even though that one was cut short admittedly by the people running it yeah that was still really good for what it was for for kind of being a little rushed it was a still still really good match i gotta say though as i already told you in the pre at the time i thought the the, there was a a sequence where he did a bunch of moves off top rope or something like that i forget exactly what it was and i just like every every person on that team kept on doing it 
And I thought that was a great, it would have, would have been a great ending to the match. But no, we had to stop cold, it felt like, and then do the more bang for your buck, I think it was. Yeah. And and I just and and it did, and it looked kind of sloppy, so I was like, "That's kind of a shitty finish." I thought. So. Yeah, I also thought, uh, as much as as good as Okada's girl was, I thought it went on too long, which is a big problem yeah. because that was the one that came before the main event, which is probably why they couldn't do the main event as well as they wanted to. Yeah, they they might have been better off cutting ten minutes off that match instead yeah. of going twenty six. I absolutely agree with that. So. Went a little too long, but yeah, overall, good, good, good uh, effort from uh, everyone involved. Considering it was their first time putting their own show together, probably. Yeah. I mean, very, it, it, very it, impressive. They definitely left no money spent. I mean, the production value was really good on the show, much, much more than I thought it would be. I mean, this rivals like New Japan <laughs> most of the time when it comes to their. I thought it was sets. very much on par with them. At least, they do at the very least, it was. Yeah, yeah. And on top of that, the uh, I, I like the precedent that this sets, which is they don't need you don't need WWE to become a star, and you don't need it to make a living anymore. Yes, yeah. not in the current. I mean, I'm sure there's a possibility that you know things will change in the future, one way or the other, but. For right now, you don't need to be there. So, it's great. So, uh, so we'll go move on now. This is uh, two shows in last week by New Japan Pro Wrestling. This one's Fighting Spirit Unleashed from the previous week uh, to uh, on September 30th. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, of course, a lot of the typical tag matches in the first half of the show. Are there any of those you want to mention? Because um, I know you probably don't want to necessarily worry about all of them, so no, not all of them. Um, let's see here. I probably real quick. I just I just thought of something to mention, so I'll just mention it. The one with uh, uh, Cobb, Saban, and Gordon versus Goto, Breda, and Chucky T. Yep. Just the hilarious stuff I thought about. Like, hey, they're the best friends. Great. <laughs> <laughs> and Jeff Cobb is not who I thought he was. <laughs> I don't know. I just I'd, I'd heard about him previously because there had been a lot of you know hoopla about him as of late, and so but I didn't but the name doesn't ma- didn't match who I thought he'd look like. I'm like that's one big fat motherfucker. <laughs> Thick T H I C C. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so <laughs> no, I thought that was a pretty uh, damn good match, and so was the six man right after that six man. <laughs> yeah. Uh I, I thought Killer Lead Squad made a good showing for themselves uh for their one of their first few times back after a while of being absent. Um Then we had the uh oh yeah. The uh, Jay White and Gato defeating Tanahashi and Kushida, which was mainly just in that that's the one that uh that uh Reveal. I mean, it wasn't a good match, in my opinion. It was kind of a blah match, but as it's as a match, but it was mainly there to set up Jay White and Gato's. Uh, well, mainly Gato's uh, defection away from uh, Okada, and ultimately from Chaos, which is the group he was associated with for a long time. 
because after that match was over, that's what they did. So, or this was a match that established further that stuff, I guess. I don't know. Too much wrestling at once makes you forget things. It sure does. <laughs> like, yeah, it's kind of funny when I think about this, but, you know, I always, there's always lots of complaints about how WWE has so much programming, but then I feel like the New Japan's kind of getting to the point where they're oversaturating their, themselves at some point. Do you feel that way? I mean, I don't disagree with you because it's, it can be overwhelming to keep up with their stuff, especially if you're trying to keep up with all the, the tournaments that they do. Yeah. So like, for example, speaking of which, uh, coming up in another week or so, they're going to start the super tag league. I don't, I actually, I think it's the one for the, the tag league for the juniors. And um, I'm already have made the decision. I'm not going to watch a lot of that. Probably more towards the end, because uh, I do I do like to see the finals, the final days of these ev- events, but not so much. But watching them all is such an exhausting thing. I did I did watch like 99, like well, not, more like 95 percent of the uh, best of super junior tag, uh, best of super juniors earlier this year, and then I watched like effectively 99 100% of the G1 and that's exhausting. <laughs> yeah. It really wears on you after all. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how I don't know how like Pollock and the Ting do it for their shows because they reviewed them all. Yeah. I was like, how do you do it? And I listened to them all because I watched them all. <laughs> yeah. It's it's crazy. They, they, it definitely it feels like too almost too much when you pay attention to everything and that's not even including things like road to destruction you know those worthless shows mostly <laughs> and other that's road so to worthless. uh you know events that lead up to something else like road to wrestling Dentaku was also this year and other stupid shit like hey wrestling hino kuni it's just a random small show with a unique name for no reason <laughs> i didn't watch it but it happened <laughs> it happened. Yeah. That's the best you can say about it. So basically, even if the Junior Japan is the only thing you watch, it's pretty much still exhausting if you watch every little thing. So yep. just don't, you know, just don't. Anyway. <laughs> just don't. But I do watch all their main their main pay-per-view events So and the finals of all their tournaments. That's probably what I'll yeah, start here, doing more than anything. Here's another thing. Uh... uh the commentary for Fighting Spirit Unleashed because it was held in the USA. Yes. So what did you think about that? Uh, this time it was actually good. Because you Wait, have, what? It was good. It was good? How was it good? Good what? Um, good quality, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's because it didn't have Josh Barnett piece of shit on it. I mean, <laughs> because he was the one who was uh, the color commentator with Jim Ross for all the other U.S. shows so far, up until this one. They claimed he was on, not on this one, because he had some other things preoccupying his time or something like that. But I hope it has more to do with the fact that they're thinking about not having him anymore because of the bullshit he pulled last show. Uh, when Jay White, you know, threw his opponent into the their announce table 
and sent Jim Ross flying onto his ass. And uh, Josh got, you can tell it was legit, like this wasn't like a work. He got up and he fucking came around the thing or over the fucking thing, I don't remember which, and started trying to go after Jay White and got in the ring and everything was just being a fucking prick and inserting himself where he shouldn't be. And to me, if I was New Japan, I'd be like, get the fuck out. You ain't coming back. Uh, <laughs> pulling that crap. Um, as you could tell, he was, he was he was not working anything. He was he was legitimately fucking pissed off and not a professional whatsoever. I mean, he's... I mean, Jim Ross is the one who apparently got an injury from being flying on his ass from that. You know, well, for, he wasn't going to get up and do nothing because... I know. But that's the thing. You know, he's not a fucking... He fucking knows what to do, what not to do. The other guy is a fucking prick. So I found out the reason why why Jim Ross sucked is because he was with another person that sucked. Basically, yeah, he had two he had two know nothings that didn't watch the product and didn't know anything about it. So guess what? He what happens when you put them together? And you get a bunch of shit. Obviously, very predictably. Yeah, because I didn't notice. Ross being nearly as bad on this show. The most the the worst thing he said was he got shown yo mixed up. Yeah, basically that that's true. Which is not surprising. No, I, even I was like wondering who the fuck was what. I still do that, <laughs> and I watch them since January. <laughs> there so you go. If I can do it, I'll give him a pass. But right. uh, but no, he was a lot better because even though he was technically the main commentator still, and Kevin Kelly joined him which is usually the main commentator for every other English uh, announcer a show he that they do. Like King of Pro Wrestling. Like King of Pro Wrestling, which we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> he's uh, just like, but you could tell he's, he wasn't really doing the color commentary. He was just, he was basically being the guy with all the info, interjecting and basically playing like a secondary kind of like I'll steer the ship kind of guy and, and Jim Ross, you know, can we can feed off of me cuz he has no fucking fuck all anyway. And right. and for some reason it really it really worked. I don't know why, but it did. Uh which is good. That that's good. I'm glad to know that Jim Ross can actually work well with someone who actually knows what the fuck he's talking about. So I'll give and, him props and, for that. And by yeah, and then by uh by by osmosis, I guess he's he uh he turns out to seem better than he is. Yeah, he still wasn't great, and I still would prefer Jim Kelly just to do it and have somebody else as color commentator, like usual, you know. But uh, whatever. If this they gotta have Jim Ross, I say give him Kevin Kelly every time. Just do yep. it. It'd be way better. So anyway, back to the actual event. Um. <laughs> there's an event oh oh that's right. right they were calling it i forgot indeed <laughs> so there was a <laughs> so tanahashi took a the pinfall in his tag match which was kind of surprising did he yeah okay. i remember i don't but yeah did, i suppose did I kushida do. take the fall he didn't take the no fall. no i guess not but uh i guess not <laughs> Like I said, it's just too much to remember. Little dumb details I don't need to remember. Anyway. <laughs> but uh yeah. But then that's when that's when White puts out the challenge for the briefcase. Yeah, that is correct. And, and that's when That's what we happened. Get that that, at, we get that at King of Pro Wrestling. That's which right. We'll talk about. 
Yeah, so that further that story, and then we have uh, we had a really good uh, junior heavyweight championship semifinal match between Marty Skrull and Will Ospreay. Skrull went over here and had his actual match for the title at King of Pro Wrestling. That's right. <laughs> Which we will get to. That's right. I keep saying that, but that's what everyone here was pretty much building to. Yeah, a lot <laughs> of it was. Um, then we had the IWGP uh, Heavyweight Tag Team Championship match where the Gorilla's Destiny actually had a good match. I, I was, was amazed. I was Everything that normally sucked was kind of good this time. Yeah. Jim Ross is good. The Girls of Destinies uh, in Tamatonga and Tonga Loa were good, so... Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of it's because of the Young Bucks, I mean, let's be honest. But <laughs> The Bucks of Youth. The Bucks of Youth. They do it. <laughs> uh, so... <laughs> <laughs> they're the best bout machines when it comes to tag team. Um, <laughs> and they're also aligned with Omega, so it makes sense. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they actually... They had my. They had. I gave that one a four and a half star. Believe it or not. Wow, nice. I was that. I was that into it, and they did that good of a job. I was like, well, can't complain. Nope. There's nothing. To, <laughs> they actually did a good job, and I was surprised Haku didn't get involved in this match. Yeah, he, he didn't was, do anything. No, he didn't do a damn thing. He was just there next in their corner, and that was it. I was What's certain. You mean Ming. Yeah, Ming. That's right. Ming. That's who I mean. Yeah, that's who I mean. <laughs> King of Ming. <laughs> but slap mm. you, slap your mouth and and pluck your eyeball out for that, Matt. Okay, well, I need those. Bullshit. Anyway, um, <laughs> fucking do without. <laughs> then we had the United United States Championship on the line. Cody challenging C.J. Parker. No, the flamboyant Juice Robinson. He looks like C.J. Parker still to me. It is. <laughs> sort of. Because <laughs> he has those fucking dreads still. Yeah. Fucking dreads. They suck. Uh, so he... Yeah, Juice he's defended all, He's all boasting ahead of time. In the, in the pre, pre-match package, he's all boasting about how, yeah, I'm not going to be a fluke champion. Well, what did you happen here, motherfucker? Huh? I what would happened have to here, say... What happened here, C.J.? I would have to say, <laughs> since I witnessed his entire reign of if you'd call it that, of U.S. champion. Five minutes. <laughs> it was really lackluster, to say yep. the least. Yep. I was very disappointed. Like He literally just wanted, a, like a couple months before, at the previous U.S. show. That's when he won it. Yeah. And then he defended a few times and then lost it here to a guy who probably shouldn't have won it, to be honest, because he sure as hell didn't need it. And I'm sorry, just Juice Robinson, I should just call him C.J. Parker because he came off as a fucking loser. <laughs> as the champion, he was a fucking loser. The main, the, the bulk of his time as the U.S. champion was during the G1, even though he wasn't obviously defending it during that tournament because nobody defends titles during the tournament. But he was in it, and he fucking lost all the time. And I was like, dude... <laughs> What a loser. Oh. Now we got Cody, who is not only, he, he's, I mean, this is the least of the titles he has, but he has, he's a three title holder right now. I know. He's the, he's the ROH, part of the ROH six man tag team champions. No, that's I the believe, least of the titles. 
That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. That's the least of the titles. And I believe it was with the Young Bucks, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and then he also has the NBA World's Heavyweight Championship. And now he has the IWGP United States Championship. <laughs> Cody's decorating the shit out of himself. Right. He's eventually going to create his own Triple J crown or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> He's getting there, isn't he? Triple something crown, yeah. Right. But it was a good match, and actually uh, it's probably the best Juice Robinson match I've seen in a long time. That's right. If, if not ever, I gave it four stars out of five. Damn. I actually quite liked it. All right, then. It's the least loserdom he looked while he was still losing. <laughs> it's amazing. That yeah, I don't know how that works, but it does. Uh, then we had Golden Lovers against Chaos and defeating them. This was Kazuchiya Okada and Tomohiro Ishii. Man, you can't say anything right, can you? No, I guess not. What did I say wrong? Kazuchika. Kazuchika? Yes. Kazuchika. Good job. What did I say? I don't remember, but you missed a syllable there somewhere. <laughs> Probably the chi. <laughs> maybe or maybe the zoo I don't remember <laughs> but Definitely yeah the zoo. so yeah Omega Nibushi face Okada and Ishii and this was predictably another five star match for me like my god when you get fucking the golden lovers in a match it's like who can they not have a good ma- a five star match with like to me right. that's I mean, like literally, the second they came, they came back early in the year as a tag team when they embraced so lovingly. Uh-huh. Uh, right after that, they were already having like fucking five star matches for me, like just immediately. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. And uh, of course, Ishii just really—I'm—I'm uh, I'm, kind of liking him quite a bit. Hey, uh, you're far from the only one, man. Everyone—he gets a lot of praise, which he, he deserves. Really does, he, yeah, he definitely deserves that. I'm like, there was that, there was a match I think in the G1 where he had, I think it was with Goto. Yes, that was definitely and one of them. That was a really good match. I love those two. I love, I, I'm liking Goto too now too. So those two are kind of like the uh, the unsung, probably the most unsung. Well, especially Goto, he's more unsung than Ishii when it comes to just like he just always put on good matches. Yeah, even if they're not yeah. the best, they always put on good matches. Yep. They're very dependable, so more... solid workers, let me tell you. Yeah. Solid like stone, you'd say, right? Yeah, I guess so. Maybe Man. like a stone pipple. Yeah. That's what I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're funny. Uh, look, listen to us. Uh, we're so funny. Absolutely. So that was a really good match. I really liked the... Uh, and I really liked the uh, the event as a whole, and I was actually really surprised because when I went into this one, Fighting Spirit Unleashed, I was like, "This is gonna be a real humdrum of a fucking event." Yeah, I was you're like, like, "Fuck this event!" And they're like, "I guess no, maybe not." It's always less of a. I'm. It's not so much that it looks. It's bad on paper. It's just like, I'm just like, there was no real excitement going into it, or no hype. real importance put on it, no real hype, if you will. Yeah, and it turned out to be. One of my, the better, one of the, my favorite, uh, probably one of my favorite events of the year, which is crazy. Yeah. I didn't expect that, and it really delivered. So, good on ya. Yeah. 
Next we have the one that just happened today or yesterday, I guess. I don't know. It's funny because when they have an event in, in Japan, since Japan's, you know, in the future um, compared to us, uh, yes, because of are. that, I'm able to actually watch it technically on the same day that they had it, even though I watched <laughs> it after the fact. <laughs> so it's kind of funny like that. But this is technically what it is called is King of Pro Wrestling in Ryogoku Kokugi. I cannot say those syllables together. I just can't do it. <laughs> Too many hard K's and G's. Just It's weird. But effectively, it's Ryogoku uh, Sumo Hall. Uh, but that's the actual title of the actual event. It's not. There's no 2018. It's just <laughs> King of Pro Wrestling and Ryogoku Sumo Hall. That's what it is. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Kind of like, you know, Dominion. It's got that weird extra bit at the end that it's like in, you know, Osaka Joe Hall. It's like, okay. <laughs> Thanks for that. Yeah, I know. Thanks, New Japan. <laughs> Did you know it's an indoor sporting event, Mike? Indeed. <laughs> it's an indoor sporting venue. Um, so, again, as typical of... New Japan uh, cards, they have a whole bunch of multi-man matches, and then they have their, for half the card, and then they have the rest of the card be what you basically came to see. So, any of these uh, uh, matches, uh, these multi-man matches you want to touch on before we go to the main event stuff? Yes, even though this wasn't that great, it was kind of a decent match, which would be the second one on the card. Great Bash Heel versus... Juice Robinson and Tonari. <laughs> it's a great name. But uh, going it's into very it. Not, very, it's a very nonsense English type name. Yeah. It actually used to be a full out faction from what I've read in the past. Mm-hmm. Featuring both these guys plus obviously others. I think it was actually a faction that broke off of, uh, I want to say Chaos, but I can't remember. So you're saying that this is basically like the the NWO in WCW where they would just languish and still be considered a thing, but no one really cared. Uh, not, not really, not in this case specifically. This is just like two guys who, who used this as their, their tag team name and they were tag champs under this title or this, you know, for their team. So I wasn't sure if it was actually going to go into that right now. Cause you know, Tomiaki Hanma, is the one who's been gone for so long because mm-hmm. of an injury. And he returned uh, about midpoint of this year. And this is the kind of stuff he's been doing since is just these lower card matches. Um, but is this he the, th- is he the ab- Mr. Abolicious? No, he is not. Neither of these guys who I would say are abolitious. <laughs> he's definitely uh, uh, more fit than Makabe. Makabe is just a, you know, unchained gorilla as they call him. Uh, so <laughs> that's, that's literal. Name. That's what they call him. Uh, so, but, uh, um, but then it ended up on the, uh, before the event started with their little, you know, video, video packaging, they did call them GBH when they were talking about this match. So I was like, well, I guess that's what they're going to be called then. So this is actually the first time they've, they've been strictly a tag team on their own. You know, prior to this, they've, They've tagged together, but in like six mans and such. Right. So, but this is the first time that they just did a straight tag match. And 
I actually correctly predicted somehow that they were <laughs> they, they were going to win, and they did. And that's because they were against two singles wrestlers that never been put together before. And while this match is not a anything special or of any meaning, I was like, well, one of them is Tony Hanare, which is like a guy who is basically a, a, he's one of the young guys who've come back from excursion some time ago, but he's still a nobody on the card and just doesn't do anything special. And Juice Robinson, you know, the perennial U.S. United States Championship loser who just lost his <laughs> title a week before. Right. So yeah. I was like, there's no way that they're, they're winning. There's no way. I was right. We got we got lots of uh we got lots of Honma doing his kokeshis on them and uh and uh, Togi Makabe winning it for his team by with the King Kong knee drop as they like to say. Yes, I've heard that. A lot of the stuff I've I if I'm not familiar with them I but I am familiar with what it's called or what someone someone's name is simply because I listen to a lot of John Pollock and and waiting to go over these shows and i've heard the king kong knee drop quite a few times in the past. Yes. so in fact so like like i like i don't picture anything because i don't know what any of shit is but i've heard it so it's kind of funny yeah uh in fact uh, as a tag team they their their tag team finisher is effectively uh a kokeshi by honma followed immediately by king on knee drop that's how yeah. that's how they get the win. That's exactly what happened here. <laughs> by the way, Kokeshi is just a headbutt. By the way, it's just a not a regular headbutt. It's more like a diving headbutt, but he does it in different ways. So like mm. a lot of times, he'll his most basic version, which is what he does for the finisher as to set up the other part, is he just he just kind of does it. He just kind of goes off the ropes a little bit and comes back and just uh, just does a falling, just literally falls over with a headbutt onto the person on the ground. So that's basically what the move is, and sometimes he might do it from the top rope, but uh, he's a he's a headbutt man. Let's just say. Not, well, not... what's the what's the knee drop? Why is it a King Kong one? Because he does it off the top rope, and oh, okay. uh, and he, and <laughs> when they're on the when they're on the opponents on the mat, and he does it basically, and and he follows he follows through when he after hits them with a you know rolling back to his feet. So. Oh okay. Yeah. So that's so, how you know it's King Kong sized. Yes, because it's a big, <laughs> big man. A gorilla, if you might say. <laughs> you know? I guess. So <laughs> I guess. Hence King Kong. Anyway, uh <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh that one's not really worth talking about. And then we have uh <laughs> <laughs> It's like what matches? Who knows? It's not even worth mentioning. It's not worth mentioning. Well, okay, I'll mention it. It's uh, the, it's the <laughs> Bullet Club versus the Bullet Club, basically. Yes. The OGs versus the Elite. Um, or Hollywood uh, versus Wolfpack, whatever case. You yeah, yeah, yeah. Come Hollywood on, it's effectively versus... what they're telling. Here. Oh, I know. The second that they split up, I, at the. Uh... You mean they're going? Oh, do 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 do. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what I thought immediately. I was like, yes. "Oh, this is NWO splitting up into Wolfpack." I see, <laughs> and they literally did the same way. They were all part of a heel faction, and then the split-off group ends up being faces. Same yep. thing. Anyway, yep. so yeah, that's what this one is. Uh, Tamatanga Tangaloi, Taiji Ishimori. That's that's the abolitionist guy, uh, oh, and okay. uh, Badluck Folly. <laughs> that's the keg guy. Uh, the keg guy. 
versus the Young Bucks, Hangman Page, and Chase Owens. And I correctly predicted that the OGs went over because they're still establishing their heelish greatness and dominance. Um, so, yeah, it was a standard match with those guys. The Young Bucks did not elevate this one up, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, next, we had another six-man. Well, yeah, no, I guess yeah, I guess it is another, right? Yes. No, maybe not. Anyway, six-man. It's another multi-man. Let's put that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we have a chaos faction versus the Suzuki Goon. Um, it was a Osprey, Ishii, and Goto versus Suzuki, Taichi, and Izuka. And the second I saw that Suzuki was uh being flanked by his like shittiest and weakest of the crappiest of his uh of his faction i was like they're gonna lose <laughs> yes <laughs> I, and you're like and you're saying this despite the fact that tai chi had a, has a as a current champion you're like yes. no it don't mean shit it doesn't mean anything <laughs> tai chi still sucks <laughs> this title doesn't make him look worse in fact if anything what happens is he makes the title look worse that's what happens yeah, I agree. Not so, that the never titles never, the never titles never meant anything anyway. That's See what right. I did there. Oh yeah, you're very very smart. Yeah. Very clever. Very witty. Yeah. Wow. Especially anyway. wit. Oh yeah. So, <laughs> well, I mean, if anything means anything for the never, it's actually the one he has. But right now, he's making sure it means nothing by uh, by having it around his waist. It'll never mean anything. That's right. Mm. Though it could, because this match was mainly here to set up a future match between where Taichi has to defend against Osprey, because that's who pinned him with the Stormbreaker move that Osprey has, which he started yeah. using uh, some months ago, which I love. So It seems like it's a thing where if uh, a champion gets pinned in a non-title uh, affair, whether it's tag or otherwise... Um, he gets uh, the the guy who pinned him. Typically, seems to get start getting pushed towards the challenging him in some degree. And but if you're not if you're unsure, typically here they were not making no bones about it because Osprey even held his title up and then said, "I'm coming for this. This is mine." Yeah. So yep. it's making it obvious that they're they're not just going to do this sometime in the future. They're going to do this like really soon. It's probably at the next event. It's probably right. going to be a power struggle. Yep, I, I would absolutely agree. With that. I definitely think and that's where it should you, happen because and I, I don't and want I that happening at at, King, at a what with a what's the event in what's the Wrestle guy? Well, I can't remember anything. Wrestle Kingdom. I hope it doesn't happen at Wrestle Kingdom because Wrestle Kingdom it doesn't need to be sullied by Tai Chi's presence. No, he doesn't. Take <laughs> power it off struggle. And, you can do it all day. That's fine. Yeah, I guarantee power <laughs> struggles where Osprey is going to become a new champion. You know, you're probably right, because I cannot see him losing the Tai Chi. That would be a disgrace. It really would be. <laughs> but by the way, just, just, to conf- just to solidify your suspicion about how people beat a title holder in a mess, multi-man match and yeah. then get a title shot, no, that's that's dra- literally how they do it. Really? Always, yes. Wow. Okay. Even if it's not so obvious like, you know, we saw in this match, they they still do that all the time. If if not right away, they even if it's multiple people who've beaten the champ, they still they still do it eventually. 
Okay. That's not always how they set up their title matches, obviously, but they but they they do they do definitely do that. So, um, so surprisingly, I I, I rated that match, even though it has uh, Tai Chi in it. Tai Chi <laughs> and Izuka because they're both bad. Uh, yeah. I actually gave it three stars. So, wow. obviously, that's because of the strength of the Chaos team. Yep, because they're all really good. Um, and also, if you noticed when you were watching it, Tai Chi wasn't in it much. <laughs> no, he wasn't. Right. <laughs> I wonder why. Hmm. <laughs> I would know. I would. I would know that that poor talent anywhere. That's right. <laughs> Wouldn't you? The, <laughs> yes. The, the next match was another eight man. Was a uh, Los Ingobernables de Japón and Chaos fighting each other. It was a uh, Naito, Sonata, Bushi, and Newcomer X08. Ikusu. Yeah, Ikusu. Um, it's actually a Shingo Takagi from Dragon Gate. He is now a a newly debuted New Japan guy. So, but in has put up himself in with uh, the likes of Naito. So, and all the rest of the Lij. So, that should be interesting. I was thinking, as far as the way he looks, he certainly fits in. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Definitely fits in. And uh, the Chaos members in this match were Okada, Yano, and Rapongi 3K, Sho and Yo. And uh, I once again particularly predicted that the LIJ was going to win. I mean, of course they were going to because it's a showcase for the new guy, and the new guy got the pin with his finisher, which is a pretty sick finisher, by the way. I actually liked it quite a bit. So as a good as a good LIJ member is what you're saying. He'll fit he's, right in. He, I hope so. He seems to like he will. I, I'm looking more forward to when he actually can stand out more in like a singles match or something. Right. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know. Good debut. Is, it's a good debut. Yeah. It's what I would expect. And the match was okay, though, as you, as my rating is a two and a half stars. It's not, it's not great. But, you know, it wasn't really meant to be. It was just meant to debut that guy. So, and that's right. what they did. So that's fine. Success. Success. Uh, next one is a weird one. It's the singles match that was supposed to happen between Evil and the versus Sack Saber Jr. And it didn't really, it didn't actually happen because they never rang the bell to start the match. So calling it, saying it ended in no contest really isn't true because it didn't actually end because it didn't start. But, uh, <laughs> but it was a no contest. And uh, this just basically was here because it was for Jericho to make an appearance for the first time in a million years. Um, the Intercontinental title holder, by the way. Yes, the IWGP Intercontinental title holder. Uh, he was one of uh, the people escorting uh, in Evil's entrance, and as usual, he attacks him during his entrance because, of course, Evil doesn't know who he hires for his entrance, I guess. Apparently not. <laughs> no one pays attention. Uh, <laughs> so he he does a big. Yeah, I didn't think about him. it that way, but it does make you look kind of dumb. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> it, it kind of does. Yeah. Like you, I know, I know. No one. When you really think about it, obviously he has no say in who who goes under the hoods and shit. But it's just funny to think. But 
you're sort of kind of like these are his followers or some shit, and they're the followers of evil. In 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 that they're following a guy named Evil, but they're also following the idea of evil. But anyways, can I do that? Uh, I want to do that. Yeah, we're already doing that, Mike. That's oh. what this podcast does. Oh yeah, yeah. You don't get a choice in that matter. You're following it regardless. <laughs> anyways, <laughs> but you you but so you think about it as in these are guys he's vetted, and then then you see this and you're like, you're kind of dumb. You're just kind of dumb. <laughs> So, so yeah, he he attacked Evil, and it was just a setup for Evil versus Jericho in the in the future. Maybe a power struggle. That's my guess. Don't really know. We'll Will they see. struggle for the IC title though? Uh he, they're gonna have to do that because he's never done a title defense and he's never there to do anything. So they're gonna have to do that. Have to. Yes. Yeah, they have to. Just have to. One of the few matches they get out of him, they're going to have to put that on the line every time he does one. If, which it's very likely that he'll lose it right away. By the way, I would think. But wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me either. But also, if they do have this match at Power Struggle, then it's likely. I think it's likely that he'll retain in order to go to lose it at uh, the next event after that, which is a uh, Wrestle Kingdom. Mm-hmm. So. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how f- far in the future he's booked for that title, but uh, he's very he's, he's very Brock Lesnar esque in this title, except even worse. Holden. Yeah, in a way, it's kind of sad, but yeah. kind of true. Anyways, uh, let's not dwell on that. Uh, we got enough to dwell on bullshit as it is. And the next match was an excellent match for the vacant uh, junior heavyweight championship and. Kushida defeating Marty Skrull. That is correct. I did not see that coming, though. I, as you know, when we were watching, I was like, I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> I actually predicted Skrull, but yeah. And it makes uh, uh, see previously. So I don't know the. I never delve into the history of people who's held what title and whatnot, but I did for these two uh, while I was watching the match, and I realized that Marty Skrull had held the belt previously one time. Kushida had already held it five times, so now he's a six-time champ. He's tied for second all-time as far as uh, yep. reigns are concerned. But it's a distant second. Oh, yeah. Who has it? it? Uh, the, what, the top? Oh, Who's yeah. That, that's uh, Jushin Thunder Liger. He has 11 reigns. And, and that's crazy. And he has, and yeah, and the, the two tied at second are... Now Kushida and Tiger Mask, and they both have two six. Yep. So that's a that's a big big tall order to get up to Liger. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But I, yeah, that was a very good match. Excellenty. <laughs> and then we had a the match for the uh, what is it? What is basically New Japan's uh, Money in the Bank match? Uh, Money Bank contract, case. yeah. Yes. Yep. Uh, this was Jay White challenging uh, Tanahashi for the for his uh, briefy case, and uh, yep. Jay White losing Tanahashi, but Tanahashi barely got him. So it kind of makes Jay White not look really bad at all. No, it concerned. doesn't. I just think so. Match. And then he got a big, uh, he got a big uh, uh, post match beatdown of him later. And which then eventually um, Okada came to uh, Tanashi's rescue, 
But then he got his ass beat too. <laughs> That's right. And this was the uh, effectively the official um, leaving uh, uh, chaos for for uh, Ghetto and Jado. Because, uh, I mean, technically that's also true for uh, for Jay White, but he kind of wasn't really with them to begin with, <laughs> in a sense, as far as attitude is concerned, though he was officially. So they all left, and now they've all joined uh, the Bullet Club OGs. So, because they joined them in, beat, in the beatdown. So uh, they've all officially left now, and are now Bullet Club members. So they... Uh... They teamed up now with Bailek Fale, Tamatanga, Tangaloa, and uh, Abolicious Ishimori. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and Haku, technically, as well. Yes. Meng, you might say. Meng, yeah. yeah. I definitely say that. <laughs> <laughs> Meng. Um, yeah, see, I said it. And then there was the main event. Uh, Three-way match for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. Kenny Omega retaining over uh, Kota Ibushi and the six, uh, ROH Six-Man Champion, IWGP U.S. Champion, and NBA World's Heavyweight Champion, Cody. <laughs> I Cody had to is, do that. Cody is trying to, trying, to get, trying to go glittered in gold. He needs a fourth title, apparently. Yeah. Well, he didn't get it here, but nope. uh, predictably. But uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, this was a very good match. Uh, not one of these people's best, so I didn't put it on my list for the year. But it's uh, it was very good because they have a hard time just you know even having an okay match. They just can't do it. It's not in their blood. So um, so it was all actually very good and a lot of uh, interplay between Mega and Ibushi. Uh, you know, because they're they're such deep, deep lovers, and uh, they love to fight others and each other. Yeah, that's right. And love at the same time. I know they have a hard time with their relationship. I can tell you. But uh, <laughs> the thing I there there was one particular moment I alluded told you about. Uh, I well, I didn't tell you about it, but I'm going to now. I just alluded to it before we recorded, but. Uh, it was this one specific moment I really did not like, and that was when Ibushi was about to get the pin on Cody after he did a Kamagoye, which is his singles finisher, and Omega was never going to get to break it up fast enough, so you know what he did to break it up? He, what did he do? He took... He literally... literally blocked the ref's hand from making the three the third count <laughs> and i was just like dude what is that that's like such a heel thing to do to me and you're not supposed to be a heel <laughs> and you did it and you fucked over your own fucking friend at the process like you're such a coward and so scared of losing your title that you're gonna go resort to that that's what i was thinking you know i was like mm-hmm. And that, of course, but 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 the good thing about that came out of that is that I don't know if you know this, but Cody Bushi has this thing in his character for matches where sometimes if you bring it out of him mid-match, he'll just be super pissed off. Mm-hmm. 
and of course that's just part of his character that he just like get like just get super mad and so that's what he did here that's what that did to him like he got you could tell and he's looking in his eyes and the way he's looking at me at first cody was sitting there he was like after he broke up the, the stopped physically stopped the count from hitting three he gets over there he's like starting to try and apologize for it for some reason i'm like how do you apologize for that you know He's like, he's like, he's like, you know, holding him on his, you know, his shoulders and neck and just like, oh, I'm so sorry, blah, 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 all this sort of shit for a little bit. And you can see during that, Cody Bush is getting more pissed as the moments tick by. <laughs> 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 and then eventually, like you're fucking insulting like me, little shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he just started fucking wailing into him <laughs> to where, to where uh, uh, Omega was, was having was having her time defending against his strikes on his head. And to where it got to where he had a mount on him when the ground a pound, he just, like, couldn't stop him. <laughs> I thought that was... That, it's weird that it's weird that a, a shitty moment that I didn't like at all turned into a good moment that I like. So, so maybe you liked it. But... Uh, oh, I can't say that. Not the part that yes, led to the good moment. That that I don't like that. No, I can't. I don't like it. They could have done it some other way. It's it's similar to to me and how I mean, kind of. In how like, you know, Money in the Bank last year when Carmela won and it was actually, you know, she didn't win it. She got it handed to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By Ellsworth. To me it's like it's not that it's not the outcome I cared about. It was that Ellsworth handed it to her. Why didn't he help? I would have been like, there would been no issue if she won by him helping her get it herself, but still her getting it, helping her up the ladder. That would have worked. Here it's kind of similar. Like he could have done. I don't know what he could have done, but it's just the way the the means to the end was the shitty part. I hated that. Yeah. Um, well, I'm gonna have to. Cut this uh, episode a little bit short. Not talk about Hell in a Cell because, Mike, you're breaking up, and uh, more importantly, you're, it seems like you're a bit behind, or you're, we're not syncing up. So it makes it hard okay. to talk about stuff. So that's the way it seems like it's coming off. Because I don't know, it just seemed like you were talking like really fast or something. But I know that. Not speed wise, but just like it just I don't know. I don't know. Right, but anyways, well. uh, so I'll just say real quick that I'll just say real quick anyway because there was only really one match on that card that mattered, which was Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre defeating Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins to retain the Raw Tag Team Championship match. Great throughout uh, finish and how uh, Drew McIntyre hit the Claymore kick was wonderful. So. Definitely check that match out. So, absolutely you'd agree with that. <laughs> absolutely. It was very good. Yep. All right. So, uh, since we're a bit out of sync, uh, clearly, um, I'm going to go ahead and just call it here. Um, but uh, always just make sure to uh, subscribe to Space Suplex on iTunes or via the RSS feed on heartarchive.wordpress.com uh, or you can just get all that at at Space Suplex on Twitter. So thanks guys and for Mike and this is Matt. See you next time.